Every runner has a story. What about you? What's your story? Running isn't easy. We've all overcome struggles to get to where we are. Maybe you're struggling now. What is it that stands in your way of reaching your full potential as a runner? And are you willing to do what it takes to get there? If you're not sure, listen to this story about how this runner overcame an obstacle that seemed absolutely impossible. And remember, if they can do it, you can do it too. Hello and welcome to the Running Unbroken podcast. My name is Dr. Cameron Garber and I'm here with Marty Harward, our special guest today. We're excited to have him on um, the, the podcast and we're, we're excited to be able to hear more about his story. It's always fun to, to get different runner stories and how they've kind of overcome things with the Running Unbroken podcast. That's, that's our theme, right, is, is how we overcome the different trials or struggles or things that could have kept us from running um, and why we, we keep going even though... You know, we may have felt broken at different times. We can keep finding a way to keep moving, and that keeps us healthy and on the road forever. So we were talking earlier, and that's that's kind of the goal, is to stay on the yeah. road forever, right? To be able to keep running it. So that's what we want to do. So Marty, tell us a little bit more about yourself, like where you where you came from, how you started running, all those things. That's a long story. I, I grew up in Layton, went to okay. Layton High. Um, I saw in a commercial once uh, for Utah Summer Games, a guy pole vaulting, and I said that. That's what I want to do. So I went out for the team and yeah. started pole vaulting, and I, I got decent at it. I was yeah. held our school record. I was the state champion that year. Nice. So I ended up going to, to Weber State my first year on a scholarship. And although I liked, I mean, I loved pole vaulting. It was, it was great. Yeah. I got there, and my coach was uh, a cross-country coach as well. Mm-hmm. And so every Friday they would just run us up yeah. around the trails above Weber State. Just beat you up. And I hated it. Like, I hated <laughs> running. Isn't that running. funny? I liked the sprint. I liked the yeah. pull out, but I hated running. Well, then fast forward later in life, um, got married, had some kids. I ended up having quadruplet kids with more. My wife had quadruplets. I, right. I can't take any credit there. <laughs> right. And a couple of years after they were born, I just felt kind of stagnant. I thought I got to do something. Yeah. I always worked out, lifted, that kind of thing, yeah. but I needed to start moving. So I started running a little bit, gotten a couple like little 5Ks. I was talking to my brother-in-law once. I was running somebody's with me, and he wanted to do a 10K. I said, I can't go that far. Like, I'm falling over the line at the end of a 10K. Yeah. He's like, you just slow down a little bit. <laughs> so, but, you know, so we started training for that. I did that, and I did a, a half marathon, and that was, like, a big accomplishment for me, for me going yeah. that far. Like, I saw that as, like, a bigger accomplishment than a lot of the things I did later in life because it kind of springboarded me right. forward. Oh, sometimes those mm-hmm. early barriers are, are bigger even though it's a smaller goal, it was a bigger barrier than some of the things you, you do yep. later in life, right? And I had more injury and issues getting to that half mm-hmm. marathon mark yeah. than I did after that. You know, I'd have knee problems and ankle problems and all sorts of stuff, but huh. as I went longer and longer, then I started training for, you know, a marathon, and I finished the, la- the ran the Ogden Marathon, crossed the line, and I said, I will never do that again. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. You know, but I did because my wife wanted to run one, so she signed us up for St. George. And so that next year I ended up, you know, right. that, that fall I ran another one. Yeah. And um, I had this goal to, to break a certain time, which I eventually did. But then I don't know how I got doing it. I 
the same brother-in-law got me to run a half marathon out on Antelope Island, the little trail yeah, the, one. the buffalo run. Yeah, so this was one that you used to have that was separate from that. It was oh, every okay. fall. Mm-hmm. It was just the Mountain View Trail half marathon. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I ran that and kind of got a bug for being out on the trails. Mm-hmm. And they had a 50K out there that's every spring for yeah. buffalo run. Yep. So I did that one. And I decided, well, if I could go that far, what if I could do 50? So I did the 50-miler out there, and then I did the 100-miler out there in the end. Wow. So that's such a common story. People are like, well, if I can do 50K, I can do 50 miles. And it's like, realize that's a huge difference in, in mileage, right? Like, that's a big jump. But it, it's, it is. it's amazing how inspiring that is, though, when you're out there for that amount of time on the trail, how it's like, I could, I think I could hang out here all day. <laughs> your, your brain does weird things. Oh, if for I sure. set out... And I'm in a 50K. I get like 25 miles and I'm dying, barely holding on. Yeah. If I'm going 50, my brain knows at 25 miles that I got a long, long right. way. So it, I don't know if it interprets the, the signals different, but you don't sure. feel as terrible. Yeah. And, you know, the difference between going between a 50K or 50 mile or 100 miler is just how long you want to suffer. Yeah. It really doesn't get any worse. <laughs> the crappiest you feel in a 50k, you'll never feel crappier in a 100 miler. Right. You're just doing it for hours and hours and <laughs> hours. So it's just longer that you're mm-hmm. commiserating, I guess, right? Yeah. Interesting. So you mentioned that you had some setbacks with that first half marathon. What, like, what types of stuff happened and what kept you from just bailing on it altogether? I had a couple of things that happened. I had some really bad knee pain that I could not get through. Hmm. And every time I'd run, it would just shut down. I'd get hmm. like three miles and it'd shut down. And it took me a long time of kind of resting and just going easy mm-hmm. to where I could, could get through that. And also when I'd do what back then was a long run for me, like 10 miles, right? I would be in the tank for like three, four days when I just had no energy. It just yeah. took it that much out of me, which is crazy to think because now a 10 miler is right. like, doesn't even affect me. Yeah, how much do you feel like part of what's allowed you to do more? I mean, obviously, the consistency of doing it for several years built up that capacity to do it. But how much do you think that it was the mentality shift of instead of running as hard as I can every run? That was exactly it. Yeah. To was, I used to train, and I'm a slow runner. Sure. Right? I was shooting for, when I was doing marathons, I was trying to break four hours. So okay. I was trying to hold at a nine-minute pace. Yeah. And I would go out there and train at... 8, pull it back to like 8.20 for my long runs. Yeah. Like I was, I had no idea what I was doing. Sure. I just felt at a, com- I ran at a comfortable pace, which was way, way faster than what I should have been doing. Right. I was probably into zone 3 the whole time there. Mm-hmm. And it was causing all sorts of problems. Yeah. Once I realized that if I'm shooting for a 9, I could slow all the way down to like 9.45, a 10, right. plus on my long runs, right. take some walking breaks. It changed my whole perspective and the way I trained and the way I felt and yeah. the way I got injured and, and all of that. Right. Yeah, uh, people assume that they need to run race pace all the time. It's like, no, you only really need to do that on race day. Right. right. <laughs> like, that's the only day you really need to run that I think fast. it's one of the largest misconceptions in running. Right. No. Is, yeah, that, that idea that if I just run a little faster every day, I'll get faster. It just doesn't work that way. Right. Um, and, and so it... Yeah, that's a battle we fight with people all the time of, and why we do like the metabolic testing that we do and, and things like that is we want to show people with their own numbers why that doesn't work and, and why training slower actually helps you get faster over time. It's that polarization of the training or whatever. So how did you discover all of that, like kind of on your own? Was that just... Trial and error, I read a lot. I read yeah. a lot of, you know, 
online training guides and you know, mm-hmm. they talked about heart rate training. Um, so, and, and a lot of it was, like I started running trails and mm-hmm. so I, I started wearing like those Hoka shoes because I was having knee problems and stuff. So they were really squishy. And the first ones, those old Mafatis were like a super high stack, yeah, really squishy. Right. And they had a low drop, like a four yeah, and five four. mil mm-hmm. drop. And yeah. I was used to running with a stability shoe that had like a 13 mil drop that really controlled your motion. Right. And that high arch and hard. Yeah. Firm and once arch, I just yeah. kind of, and, I, and I've also run in like the Ultra Olympus, it's like a zero drop, but very cushioned. Cushy, yeah. When I just let my feet kind of do what they want, slow down, Yeah. everything just kind of adapted. Yeah. Things strengthened where they need to strengthen. That's, and um, and I started having less and less injury. Yeah. So I just kind of work some stuff out. I always cross-trained. I'd, I'd lift weights, I'd bike, I'd do other things. That's good. That's usually a hard mm-hmm. one to get people to do is do anything other than running. Once they kind of zero in on right. running, it's like, okay, it's good, but your lift may be more important than getting more miles in, right. in terms of progress and staying healthy and, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I did. I've done the Bear 100 twice. And wow, awesome. I, the first time I ran it in what was it, like 32 and a half hours the next time I did it in 29 and a half. I took three hours off, which seems nominal, but it's like 10%. No, no that's huge. And the, yeah, I actually 10%. ran a little bit less on my second time, and I felt less prepared, but I started adding um, squats in. Once a week, I'd do heavy squats. Hmm. Awesome. And so on the power climbs, those long, long climbs, and even on the, the long downhills, yeah. It just didn't take it out of my legs as much yeah. just from adding the squats. Just had increased capacity. Mm-hmm. There's your lesson, folks adding some heavy squats, it really does increase just your capacity to bear that load. We always tell people, you know, imagine if if running downhill like that took before 40% of your strength with every step, it took that much of your effort with every step, you're gonna fatigue out at a certain rate. Now imagine you're a little bit stronger so it only took 25%, like that's a 15% increase in how many steps you can take at that pace, at that load, before you fatigue out, like 15% increase is huge. And it sounds counterintuitive, but doing squats helped my downhill running more than my uphill climbs. Right. No, uh, that sounds actually 100% accurate to me. So we we use the quads much more on the downhill than we do kind of anywhere else. So most of our running, I'm a nerd, so I like sharing stuff like this. Most of our running actually happens at the calf knot in our quads, hips, and hamstrings. The majority of the force that propels us forward yeah. is actually in our calves except for extreme uphill, even mild uphill, it's still mostly in the calf, but then downhill, we wind up having to shock absorb yeah. more through other joints. And so we wind up using glutes and quads and I stuff. I feel like there's my hamstrings a lot when I'm climbing too, like I'm pulling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially like depending on how rocky it is and how yeah. big of a step you're taking and stuff, then you use hamstrings and glutes more for sure. But anyway, yeah. there's that, that my nerdy aside. Um, so, as you were getting into those injuries, like I said, what, what made you decide not to give up though? What, what kept you going forward? Cause a lot of people get into that and they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt my knees. And you probably had people telling you that like, this oh, is going to yeah. damage my knees or things oh, yeah, like I that. I had a grandmother didn't like to go up and down the stairs cause she thought she'd wear out her joints. Um, <laughs> and people always tell you it's, it's bad for you. You're going right. to ruin your knees. There's something in me that if I'm just sitting, I feel like I'm stagnated. I'm not moving forward in life. I yeah. have to set a goal. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I look in the mirror. And so, you know, I don't, I don't love doing these long races. They're mm-hmm. horrible. They hurt. <laughs> you feel terrible afterwards. Sure. But I love, it's like, I don't love to run. I love that I run. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that I can say that. I love that I can say I can accomplish that. Like, how many people in the country, in the world, have, you know, ever run 100 miles? Yeah, very Run is said loosely. There's a lot of walking. But ever challenge themselves to that level. Right. Right? And the... The first, when I crossed the line of after my first you know hundred miler, it changed my perception of myself, mm-hmm. who I thought I was, what I thought my capabilities were, yeah. how I saw myself in relation to society of other people. Yeah, like I just carried I myself it. different. I thought different about myself. Mm-hmm. I had more confidence, and that hasn't changed. And so I, love I feel that. like if I stop, that I'll lose that. Mm. Um, and and I've had to shift it. Like you know, last year I didn't do as much running. I always do. I started off, I got up to where I was doing like eight or nine races a year. Yeah. And like half a, of those were marathon or, or longer. Or longer, wow. And now and I mostly do, trail. Yeah. Yeah. And now I do one or two. Yeah. I set one long one in the spring. I train hard for it. And then I find, you know, other things to keep moving. I always keep running and keep on the trails. But like sure. last year I did um, a high-lying solo trip from Leedy Peak all the way to Mary Lake Highway. It's about 83 oh, miles. That's awesome. Just by myself. Took me five days. You know, everything like self-supported, self-supported, everything. Wow. yeah, all the way. Just packed with food and everything. Yeah, and I, no caches, nothing like no, that. No, and I didn't wow. really know what I was doing as much. And I was carrying a three-liter <laughs> water bottle in the back. I was carrying like fifty pounds. Yeah, and I just set out to do it because I, I have to do that. I have to set a goal. I have to achieve it. I love it. You know, and that was a weird one too, because I've had some back issues mm-hmm. over over time, and I've had to kind of I do a lot of stretching, yoga, sure, you know, whatever. But the first three days of that. I couldn't even stand up after I took off my pack. I'd be yeah. like hunched over trying to set up my stuff. I was thinking, after the first day, I didn't think I was even going to be able to finish it. By day four, the back pain was almost gone. Day five, felt like a million bucks. Isn't that wild? And I felt remarkable for like two weeks after right. as far as that. It's amazing how the body can adapt. Yeah. Right? And and what it can do. That's cool. That's that's such a fascinating story. So I've been toying with this idea of doing a starting at my house and running. So I live in Fruit Heights. And running this big loop where I so start heading north, go into Layton, go mm-hmm. up the Great Western, yeah, um, hit the the top, and go all the way from Francis Peak, camp overnight at uh, Bountiful Peaks, and then do the rest into Salt Lake and down Immigration Canyon, like just staying on the ridge line the whole way. You should do it. I know. I re- I turned forty this year, and I'm like, I I really want to do it. So you just gave me some inspiration to do that. I was going to maybe even do it like a party where I meet people at Bountiful Peaks and so people can either do the first half or the second half with me the next day and whatever. I just think yeah. it'd be fun to go get lost in the woods for a bit. I think so. I, might, I turned 50 this year. Yeah. So I had a couple goals. Like the first one, I wanted to hit 50,000 feet of climb by my birthday, which was in April. I got like 77. My second is I'm going to do that this 50-mile. Uh, I've done several, but this one's in at the end of this month in Bryce Canyon, a 50-mile race. Oh, that's cool. That and then fun. I want to hit 50 peaks. For the year, when you said that, it kind of started because one of my routes I'm going to do. It's hard to do one all winter long, and, and I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've been repeating Malins a lot to hit it. But I plan on going up the Great Western, hitting Leighton Peak, hitting Thurston, hitting Ed's Peak, hitting Francis Peak, mm-hmm. and then coming down. I'm right. going to come down to about the gate. My brother said he'd pick me up. We'd have oh, a barbecue up there. Perfect. So I, to well, I want to go. Down. I want to go to the steakhouse there in Immigration Canyon, and oh yeah, yeah, it's a nice one, and yeah. just celebrate. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. But yeah, that I that's a great route. I, I love that that trail and everything. It's it's so pretty up there and, and stuff. So I thought that'd be it's in my backyard. Yeah. I should I should go conquer it again. I've never done that. I've done the different peaks, but I've never done 
all of them in one, like to Grandview and past into immigration. But yeah, they have a big one that goes up big in Little Cottonwood Canyon. I forgot what that yeah. link up trail is called. Yeah, only a handful of people can have done can that. Do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Especially in in they do it in the winter a lot of yeah. the time, and it's it's scary. A lot of people they're trying to discourage people from doing it. But yeah, I think that Jared Campbell guy spearheaded that. Yeah. It was on the Barkley marathons. Yeah, it's it's cool, but yeah. it's dangerous. It's scary but anyway so those those types of challenges though like what what made you decide to like tackle something big like that solo what why the solo journey what what about that there was something called that called to me it scared the crap out of me i was Mm. afraid of the nights Mm. and i knew i was going to be afraid of the nights yeah but i love the solitude of being alone in the day Mm. um I don't know. I just felt like I had to do it. And if I had someone with me, it would take away from the experience hmm. because then I would have to rely on somebody else or that I wasn't yeah. like, self-supported. Like, even though I would be, but I, I felt like I had to do it on my own, like a vision quest, something I just set yeah. out to do and accomplish I love it. by myself. And I don't know why, because people would say, you know, hey, do you want company? You want someone to go with you? And I said, no, I, wanna, I just want to yeah. just exist on my own out there yeah have you done pacers or other things like that when you've done oh yeah yeah once you hit the 50 mile mark in 100 you know you can have pacers right and you just once you hit like 40 45 you're looking forward to, to meeting your pacer yeah oh i'm sure <laughs> having I'm someone sure. just being with you to keep you company just yeah. talk you through the night because mm-hmm. nights are brutal yeah oh yeah. that everyone that i talk to so i've never i've never done one yet it's 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 in the works but um, everyone that I've talked to said, if you can just don't give up until you see sunrise, like if, if you can just make it, you get super cold, you're so tired, you just want to lay down and curl up in a ball. Yeah. And they said, if you can just wait till those first rays of sun, sunlight, like it all gets better from there. When the sun goes down at first, especially if it's been a hot day, yeah, it's like a relief. Yeah. And the first couple hours you're like, this is so much this better. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And then you hit like two in the morning and it's just dark and right you're just out there on the trail in the middle of the night just right. pushing and you hurt and every step hurts right and your and sweat gets cold and crusty and yeah yeah from 2 oh. a.m. to about 6 a.m. is rough yeah yeah that's every everyone that I've talked to is like just just try to wait for those first rays of sunlight and mm-hmm. it will be a whole different experience once that, yep. that sun comes up but that's that's cool so what in in the race you mentioned that confidence that you get from it that that you know, courage yeah. and, and whatever. How does that play out during the race? What are your running goals? Do you need help recovering from a running injury? Do you need help developing a training plan? Maybe you've never ran before and you just want to get started. Let us help you reach that big goal of yours. Here at Body Smart, we help runners maximize their performance and stay on the road. To learn more, ask questions, or to set up your first free appointment, Go to bodysmartutah.com or call us at 801 479 4471. You know, where does that factor in? Well, it does, I've never not finished one because I'm just, if I said I'm going to do it. Mm. And I start slow. Yeah. Like I start and I'm two thirds of the pack is in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I get to the end and I just keep on my pace, my nutrition getting everything I need, and that last, you know, two hours I'm passing people left and right, right. that pass me up front. I might even start last time I did the bear, me and my sister, my, my sister ran it with me too. Um, we got lost 
going up through the neighbors trying to find the starting point in Logan. Yeah. And we pulled in the parking lot as they were ringing the bell and everyone was running. So we started off in dead last place. Yeah. <laughs> like last, last. <laughs> and that was my fastest one. That's um, awesome. Because I'd gotten such, you know, you get in that long Congo line going up the dry canyon there in Logan. Right. And I couldn't go fast. I couldn't go the speed that I normally would. Mm. So I started off really slow. Um, but a lot more gas in the tank. A lot more gas in the tank. Yeah. You know, that's always my strategy. I just keep yeah. on my, my plan. Right. Um, so I have confidence that I'm always going to finish. Yeah. I've been in the hurt long enough to know that I can do it. Yeah. Um, so it's not a big deal. But I don't have confidence as far as competing. Sure. It's just um, it's just more the accomplishment to yeah, me. More the sure. journey, more the adventure. That's one of the things I love about racing. In the end, you're really competing against yourself. So even, even you know, the Kipchogis of the world that are doing amazing things, he's really just competing against himself. Mm-hmm. If somebody else shows up that day that's close, like, that's great. But he knows within himself that he's just competing against himself. And I think that's true of pretty much every runner out there. And, and especially the successful ones, whether however you measure success, is that when you start competing with other people, that gets in your head and, and mm. causes failure. But when you start competing with yourself, you can find that other gear or you can dig deeper and, and figure it out, right? Yep. And I've learned that you cannot judge a book by their cover. No, you're standing no. at the starting line and you yeah. think you know who's going to be fast and who's going to be slow, you're wrong. You are dead wrong. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, uh, mental toughness, especially at those distances, mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just reading an article actually the other day about, I can't remember if it was 175 or 185 miles, but at that point, women actually have a, a distinct advantage, advantage over men. And I would argue that's the mental toughness. That, like who was that the any physical... Yeah, oh. The Moab 240. Yeah, she's amazing. She beat everybody by... By a lot. Long, yeah. hours. By, by an entire race length yeah. for other races, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's amazing how, how fast she was. But that's, that's the thing. At, at those distances, it, it has less to do with how physically capable you are and more to do with your grit, or, you know, however you define that. Yeah. But... but uh, that's amazing. I, I think that confidence that comes from physical activity and accomplishing something that's really hard. And that hard, you know, started at a very different level for you when you first began, right? For sure. It was, you know, a 5K was was somewhat the same level of insurmountable initially. And then 10K was like, oh, I don't know if I could do a 10K, but okay, I'll try it. And then half and then... Next thing you know, you're running 100-mile races, right? Yeah, it's, it's a weird perce- perspective. People say to me all the time, well, 5K, that must be easy for you. Calf marathon, that must be easy for you. I'm like, 5K is one of the hardest races out there still. <laughs> right, right. You know? You're suffering the entire time if you're running it, like, to really run it. Yeah. But I didn't even, when I first started running 5Ks, I really didn't even understand mm-hmm. that the pace you run a 5K versus a marathon was that different. different yeah. That the strategy was that different. Right. Right. I thought you just take off running and you run the distance. Right. And that seems so naive now, but... Right. No, even Kipchoge, uh, so I saw an interview with him the other day that he said, I only run about 80% capacity on a, on a marathon, which is wild to think about at his pace, but 80% is all he's doing and he's winning everything, right? And so, uh, and that's on race day. Mm-hmm. He's only running 80%. Most of his training runs, he's not even close to that, yeah. right? And so we, I think the difference of the different events and, and stuff like that definitely plays into it. And we don't 
always understand that we again i think we think we just run as hard as we can for as long as we can until we run out of gas and it forces us to slow down we wait for that second wind and we try it again and we wait for that third wind or whatever and that usually isn't a good game plan so when you say you have your plan in place and you stick to it what how do you game plan then for those ultra distances i game plan on my long runs just how i'm feeling how many calories i need i dial in my nutrition yeah what's working Sometimes the goose works, sometimes other things work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just need real food. Yeah. So I just dial in how much I'm going to eat, how often I'm going to eat, yeah. and kind of the pace I'm going to go, maybe monitor my heart rate. Mm -hmm. And then I just go out and do it. I know I'm going to start off towards the back of the pack, and I know I'm just going to be consistent. I know yeah. I'm going to get my salt you know, every so often. I know I'm going to keep Perfect. my calories up, and I know I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to drink enough. That, and I just keep going. Yeah. It's pretty much all there is. And so, you know, I don't get hung up with... Like even on a long downhill when it's easy to run. Yeah. Now I could be running, you know, nine minute miles easy. I don't. That's. I'll run for a mile at, a, you know, ten and a half, and then I'll walk. And like I just, right. I'm not gonna push myself to where I love I, it. I burn up. That kind of consistency and discipline to stick with it, uh, I think, is a good life lesson. So people say all the time that races, you kind of like live an entire lifetime during a race they a lot of the life lessons oh, yeah. and principles are reflected in one in one race uh I, well, I don't know what do you think about that well i think it could mirror <laughs> life yeah you peak somewhere in the middle and then you just <laughs> trail off <laughs> yeah it's all downhill from here right no well so i guess what makes me think of that is is when you said like it's just about being consistent with it. It's about like making your plan and then sticking to that. Even if you've got this downhill that seems easy. And so it's like, oh, I'll just coast down this sticking to your plan. Yeah. And, and so you see this all the time in businesses or, or in life in general where when, you know, things are going well. And so you grow your business as fast as you can versus sticking to your plan. And the next thing you know, you've overextended yourself and then the whole business fails because you, you know, you, the top of the tree grew faster than the roots right. and the next windstorm blew it over, right? That, that idea, and, and we see this in races all the time, people that start out hot because of the adrenaline rush and they run the first half of a marathon, you know, at eight minute pace right. and the last half of the marathon at 12 minute pace because they just burn themselves up. And, and so you see that in life, you see that in, you know, how many people are stuck in high school because those right. were the, their glory days or whatever. And, and so I love that about racing, that you can kind of work through some of those life principles during a race. Yeah, and you have to adjust. Like I said, I just turned 50. Mm -hmm. I'm not as strong as I once was. I'm not as fast as I once was. I hurt sure. a little bit more in the morning. <laughs> sure. Right? It's like, it was a Confucius that said, you know, every man lives two lives. The second begins when he realizes he only has one. <laughs> well, I realize I have fewer days in front of me than are behind me. Sure. And I just want to make the most of it. I want yeah. to keep moving. I, I want to have it. adventures. I want to get out in the woods. You know, I want to. I want to enjoy the time I have left. Yeah, I love it. I but love it. But you can't if you stop. If you stop moving, right? You know, when you, if you stop moving, you stop being able to move. Exactly. You stop being able to enjoy the things you want to do. You stop being able to feel, you know, like you have energy, like you can. Yeah. Get out and exist. Right. Is it? It's a. It's a principle of physics. It's a principle of motion in physics, right? A yeah. body in motion tends to stay in motion. Body at rest tends to stay yeah. at rest. 
if you don't move. You mentioned, was it your grandma that yeah. didn't want to walk up and down the stairs? But how was she doing, right? She probably had arthritis. She probably wasn't very mobile. No, she struggled. Yeah, and, and so, and not to call her out specifically, <laughs> but, but we hear that all the time as runners that, you know, oh, you should stop running and you're going to ruin your knees, you know. So I, I typically run everywhere I go. So, like, if I park at the grocery store, I usually park at the back of the, the parking lot and I just jog in. Because it's faster. I'm, I'm there it, rather than searching for a parking spot. So I jog in and I've had so many people stop me and be like, well, that's great. You can do that now. No. <laughs> You're not going to be able to do that forever. And I think, what, what? Why? Why? Why couldn't I do that forever? Well, this is kind of relevant. You're a physical therapist. You might disagree with this this concept, but I always protected my knees too. Like if I was doing a lunge or a squat, I'd sure. never let my knee go past my toe. Mm-hmm. You know, I was taught this sure. is the way to do it. Yeah. And I've, like I said, I've always had some level of knee issues. I've had, had a couple surgeries on this knee from skiing. Yeah. And then I heard this guy on a podcast, that knees over toes guy, mm-hmm. that's more yeah. into the full range of motion. He lifts his yeah. heels so he can go all the way down. Yeah. He does loaded, you know, split squats, go with his knee over his toes and yeah. step downs and, and walking backwards and go backwards up hills. Yeah. So I started doing that and I thought, well, even though it's counterintuitive and people tell me, you know, the, the traditional conventional wisdom is right. this will destroy your knees. And his right. idea is loading through the full range of motion strengths in those areas that you've weakened by trying by to protect. avoiding them. Yeah. And I'll be danged. I've been doing that, and I have less knee pain. Like right. I said, people that's controversial the way he trains. Yeah. But I've found success with just exposing my body to right to those kind of things. No, his philosophies. Uh, I would say for the most part, I don't. I I'm aware of him. I've looked at some yeah. of his stuff, not all of his stuff. So I'm not going to fully endorse all of it. But he seems actually more in line with my way of thinking. Honestly, our body can adapt to anything. You see, you see athletes. Um, the Paralympics are a great example. Mm-hmm. The, most of those people have massive asymmetries, massive like physical problems, and yet are still doing amazing physical feats. Their body adapts to that, and they're just fine. It's building that capacity up slowly enough that your body can adapt, and you can really do anything. So we always say that the way I encourage people to do that same thing is actually lean into the pain. If something hurts, that's not your body's way of saying stop doing that it's your body's way of saying you need to fix this and so yeah i I agree with that like there's nothing inherently wrong with doing a full range of motion squat if it hurts then then back off of that in a way but then work on earning that range of motion back right that functionally and so you don't want to necessarily do something that makes the pain worse so that's not a good idea but if you can if you can start building up your strength and increasing your range slowly over time till you can use that full range, yeah. then then you have it. You're stronger. You're stronger throughout the range. And rarely do we need a full deep squat. But occasionally, like if you're on a trail run and you have to step up a big boulder and your knee is all the way flexed as you're stepping right. up, you do use that range of motion occasionally. And if you don't have that, that becomes a big barrier. And so. Uh, yeah, I, I would say pain is not something to be avoided, but rather lean into that and find out, okay, why why does this hurt and what can I do to get rid of it versus stop running? Right. So what early on, what was that thing that kept you running even though you had knee pain? What what made you decide, like, I'm just going to lean into this or push through this? or? 
like I said, I'd signed up for that. It was the half marathon. Yeah. It was my goal. Huh. I wasn't going to back off my goal. Yeah. I had to get through it. Hmm. Um, I like to challenge myself. I like to set goals, and I don't like to <laughs> to fail at something like that. I yeah. said, you know, back in the day, like road running just took off. Like for a while, there it was hard to even get into the Ogden Marathon, yeah. half marathon. Or St. George, I saw people around lottery, me doing yeah. it that could do those things. I wasn't right. going to let other people, you know. Right. You know, I love no, it. no offense, but just a bunch of people that were like middle-aged moms that are out there running big groups that were killing it, and, right. and I couldn't. I wasn't going to give up. Yeah, I so, love it. So um, I just kept at it. Yeah. But How did you determine the difference, I guess, between an injury and just pain that you could work through? What? Well, I knew it was injury. I knew it hurt. And it would yeah. shut me down hard. Hmm. Um, and that was, it was like almost depressing to me. I had to figure out a way to get through it. Yeah. By backing off, only going a mile, doing more walking, doing more icing, just that's whatever I could to get yeah. through it. I love it. So that what you said of backing off, uh, that's so key. And I wish people would take that there there's your sign. Take that approach rather than stopping altogether. Because that's what most people do. Oh I'm gonna give it a couple weeks rest. We don't heal very well when we rest. And so that approach of backing off and then building back up again, that's really the key. I went a month when I didn't run farther than two miles Yeah, trying to get through it. But you kept doing something most days? Three, four times a week. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I love that. That mentality is so great. Because um, all of us have excuses for why we could, should stop mm-hmm. running. Everybody gets niggles, little yeah. pains, aches. It's just part of the running and, and life and journey. My best friend right? has a trigger point massager or those percussion massages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, finding what works for you. And like I said, we, we preach leaning into the pain. Like, don't, don't shy away from it. Figure it out. Lean yeah, into it. I agree. And, and work your way through it. And you'll, and you'll do just fine. Because everything hurts. Right? Especially right. at my age. <laughs> yeah. how you're doing. Like, if I'm just climbing up, like, I've got that peak goal. Yeah. Halfway up, you hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried to, I did Mount Ogden a couple weeks ago and I skinned up to the top and then I was going to go just sit on the peak and it had snowed and they hadn't groomed it because the ski resort was closed. Yeah. And I got there and it was hard and I was having like hip flexor pain and I was having back pain and everything. I had to tell myself, it's supposed to be hard. There'd be no value in this if it didn't hurt, if it wasn't hard. Well, there'd be 300 other people up right. there with you. Right. <laughs> you, it, it's yeah. supposed to be hard. Yeah. Um, and just because something hurts or is hard, you can't give up. Mm-hmm. Well, just because it hurts and it's hard doesn't mean it's bad for you. No. Right? It, it's, it's a good thing. That's what builds strength. And there's, I think you demonstrate that well of the, that fine line between pushing yourself to injury or damage versus like backing off and knowing like when to push and when mm-hmm. to back off and pushing with consistency more than pushing with intensity. Is that, would you say that that's kind of your, oh, your yeah. superpower? I don't do much with intensity anymore. <laughs> sure. Okay. It's all in, it's all just consistency. Yeah. That's, we, we preach that every day of uh, that consistency beats intensity. Um, how have you been able to stay so consistent? What, I guess, what drives that consistency in your life? I don't know. I think it's personality. It's routine. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Once you build a routine, you know, I've got a little gym in my basement. I work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a, a big part of it is maybe the social aspect. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'll sign up for a race with some friends. I've got family members that did it. When I first started doing this, I would go out there and run all my trail, you know, runs alone because yeah. nobody wanted to do that. <laughs> and I started getting people to come on some of the shorter ones and, um, and some people signed up for 50K with me. And before long, I had, you know, a brother, sister, in-laws, cousins, like a pretty decent-sized group yeah. going out and running some of these things. That's like awesome. We went down to Bryce Canyon for one one year and we had people doing the 50k we had people doing the 50 miler and we had probably a group of over 20 people that's awesome down there and it just makes it fun and when you can yeah. train with people hold each other accountable oh for sure and if you tell people your goals like people probably if they heard this are like yeah for that many times because i tell people my goals because it holds me accountable yeah. if someone knows i'm doing something i can't can't not do it yeah I love it. Yeah, I agreed. And the more you the more you talk about it, the more you put it in your own head too that like this is what I'm doing. Like I'm going after this. I love it. And and so that reinforces that. So the consistency aspect um when you've had big hiccups, you know, I'm sure there have been life changes, you know, job changes or, you know, family situation changes or other things like that throughout your life that have messed with the schedule and that your time to get out and run how have you battled those types of things well i realize that this is my therapy that's how i deal with those kind of things yeah yeah (laughs) for sure to break away to get away to go on a trail yeah to be out in the woods by yourself um that's how i deal with it so it's it's not when i go through those kind of things it almost pushes me more Mm. to get out to figure it out Mm -hmm. i love it that's I. That's a big barrier for a lot of people is when that schedule shifts, when life changes, which is kind of one of the only constants is that there will be changes. Um, it's hard to kind of relearn their new pattern. Um, so that's that's awesome that that is something that kind of drives you to to figure it out. It happens. You know, mm-hmm. there's been lots of times when I'll go like two or three months without running, without getting out, and it just it's just like a call. That says mm. you have to get back out there. Yeah, you know you don't like how you feel. You don't like how you look. You're yeah. You know everything changes. You're not sleeping as well. Yeah, and something just calls to you and says you got to make a change. Get back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I that's really where we grow is through the consistency of it, and and so uh, kudos to you for for figuring that out and figuring out how to to do that and and be consistent with it. So if you were to say kind of your resume of running. How many of, of races and other things like that? I've done, I keep everything on a spreadsheet at home. Oh, do you? Okay. I think I have 87 races I've documented. Wow. It's not all of them. I missed a few, but that's that's most of them. Awesome. Um, 30, over three dozen, maybe 38, 39 have been in the marathon or longer distance. Or longer. Up to, wow. you know, 100 milers. I've done probably eight 50Ks, six 50 milers, and three hundred milers. I've done a bunch of adventure runs like um oh cool. Um like a Zion Traverse from the east to the west. Mm-hmm. I've done, you know, um what is that King's Peak in a day a couple times. Oh it, I've yeah. done some weird runs like I've done a, a snowshoe marathon. Oh you um, won that one. I won right? that one. There's only eight <laughs> people that showed up. It was it was an interesting day. But I won it. You won it. I, I display awesome. that trophy proudly on my <laughs> on our entertainment center. My wife always tries to move it and I put it back because it's my trophy. <laughs> It's a prestigious award. All right, that's um, awesome. I've done a couple indoor marathons on that track down in Kerns when they do that New Year's Rev- Rev- yeah. Revolution, Resolution, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's, I just tried different That's stuff. a lot of left-hand turns. Well, you said they switch 
directions. Is that right? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot though. Yeah, it's a it's lot. A lot. Be, running indoors is tough. I've tried it a couple of times just for workouts. It's harder than you think. It's tough. Yeah, I don't. There. Yeah. I, I. That's why I like the trail so much is because the, you know, terrain mm-hmm. change and, and things. So yeah, indoor is is hard. Well, cool. So it's been fun to to kind of hear your story and learn more about what what kind of drives you and what keeps you moving and, and running. How, so you mentioned your wife and, and stuff. How does that work with family and, and that support and that time that it takes to train and everything? How do they support you in that? And how does it, how, how do they play into all of that? Well, my wife goes out on most of my runs with me. Does she? Mm-hmm. Awesome. She's, she doesn't up for, she's done a couple 50 milers. She's done a lot of marathons. Yeah. And so if I'm going out on a long run on a weekend, that's less than say like 14 miles. She joins me. She That's goes. That's awesome. And every Wednesday we hit Malins together, so it, it hasn't been um, difficult. That's um, awesome. Like I said, we had the kids, and as soon as they got old enough that we could get out of the house together, yeah, it was kind of like our thing. Your date night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it hasn't been hard to, to, to manage. I mean, awesome. at first when they're younger, I had a little yeah. bit of guilt. I had sure. to balance my own ambition versus you know mm-hmm. how much time I was spending at home. Yeah. But then I realized that you know. I have to develop me to be a decent dad too. Yeah. To be good. I have to feel good about myself. Right. I have to be healthy. Like I want to stick around as long as I can. And yeah. so if, to do that, I have to. Right. I want to be able to keep up with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, I want to model to them that you can do hard yeah. things and model to them that that active lifestyle is, is so important because it preserves your ability yeah. to do all the things. Yeah. I feel like I'm just an average Joe. And so if I can show my kids that, you know, I can. Right. succeed at some things to do some hard things to right. push myself well and the, the average good. Joe is still capable of doing a whole yeah. lot of, of yeah. cool things right yeah that's awesome I love it um, well so if somebody wanted to follow kind of you and your running journey what's the best way that they could could follow you I've got an Instagram okay. page um, page out there it's just a relentless wanderer relentless I didn't, wanderer it's not the one I was cho- chose I was I wanted some more introspective, wandering type of thing, but my wife said, "No, you're, you're relentless." It's <laughs> that's a good quality to have. I love it. So that's I love what it. Kind of came up with. Okay, the relentless wanderer. Okay, awesome. Uh, and mostly, it's just seniors. Usually, I don't like to be in any of my pictures because sure. I'm not a very good subject. Yeah, photograph one. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, uh, the pretty scenery and, and yeah. some you, you get to see amazing things with trail running that you yeah. never see staying in bed. I love the adventure. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks so much for joining us. A lot of lessons learned and nuggets uh, from hearing your story. So thanks so much for joining us yeah. on the Running Unbroken podcast. Um, make sure to join us on the next one. And make sure to like, follow, subscribe, um, join, all those things so you can catch us on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Running Unbroken. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And reach out if you or someone you know has a story to share.